it's fun to find out what Asterix characters are called in different countries. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I've I've just found that it's psychoanalytics. <laughs> it's called. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brad. And uh, this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the collective Carnifex. So, gentlemen, how are we all? Al, how are you? I'm going to give Brett a chance for the coffee to take hold. It always gets a fucking pass on this podcast. I did it first last week. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, hang on. Can I get some sort of double window thing going on? Yes, I can. So, that's it. Keep, keep the fly. Well done. That's, that's good. Yeah, well, it, people like a bit of behind the scenes, don't they? <laughs> um, so, this week, uh, it was the work Christmas party. Um, and being in the crazy world of design, it means that we've got to have like a fancy dress theme every year, um, which normally I'd go quite over the top because this year was via a webcam. It meant that you didn't really have to do a full body costume. <laughs> you could just do upper torso or even shoulders and up. Yeah. So I decided to go as a tumbleweed from um, the latest SpongeBob movie, which if you've not seen it, is quite fun. And um, as with the past couple of SpongeBob movies, they really like elevate the animation for the movie, yeah. so it's really cool, like textured kind of three, a bit like the Lego Movie, um, nice. versus just like the flat animation from the SpongeBob show. Yeah, uh, and it's super nice. But like, um, Keanu Reeves plays this tumbleweed, and it was just a great character. <laughs> it's very happy, is it? Yeah. I, well, I, I saw the picture of you in the tumbleweed thing, but I now have to Google what the fuck it actually looks like. So I have to mm-hmm. Google Keanu Reeves tumbleweed. tumbleweed. <laughs> um. Yes, so that was building up uh, to, to Friday, but then <laughs> <on> the... <laughs> it's good, right? That's fucking brilliant. Um, and then on the theme of uh, movies, so the theme for the Christmas party was just a movie character. Yeah. Um, I, but I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to the brief, and it was meant to be your favorite uh, character from your favorite movie. <laughs> and, and nobody had seen the SpongeBob movie, <laughs> and everyone's like, well, "Are you Jesus? Is it the Passion of the Christ?" I was like, no, "I'm pretty sure the, the 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 Crown of Thorns was not a 360 sphere, <laughs> although it is incredibly spiky." Yes, um, yeah, it didn't look comfortable that. Yeah, but I just thought it was any movie character. But so, uh, on the theme of Christmas and movies, um, I started to do uh, an advent calendar on Instagram. Um, so I've seen a couple of illustrators doing this sort of thing, um, and they tend to kind of just do a simple sketch, like in the style of their illustration. So it's probably not like a big stretch for them. And if you've seen any kind of how fast guys on on Instagram who are illustrators can knock out a sketch, it's it's like mind blowing, especially when they're using a tablet and they can just like really simply do a lovely. And you'll notice yeah. like a lot of them are like quite simple styles, and it yeah. fits the format really well. Um, so the few of them, I've seen uh, Khaki Bot is doing one, Brett. I don't know if you've you've seen any of hers. They're really cool, yeah. like super cute little like food related um, Christmas advent calendar. So a post yes. every day. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I wanted to do like Christmas movies, but a bit more of your kind of maybe unconventional Christmas movies or things from movies that you wouldn't necessarily instantly think of so you've got to think about it a little bit so it's kind of like a little puzzle to solve or a little quiz um yeah. i think a lot of people have either never seen the film or 
didn't realize it was a Christmas film or have absolutely no idea what the reference is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's deliberate because it's, it's meant to be a little bit more engaging and a little bit less kind of, oh, do you remember Star Wars? Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember Star Wars. And um, yeah, so I've just been doing one of them a day. Um, and I've been trying to do like maybe a different style every day. So like a different technique. So some of them are like hand-drawn frame-by-frame animation. Some of it's After Effects motion graphics, some of it's Photoshop, some of it's Illustrator Vector. Um, just try to do something like a little bit more fun. So, so just testing myself every day. I keep mean I was I was gonna message you to ask this. The one that came out today, number six, mm. um, is that the final thing? Is that a picture of a plate that you then like did the outlines for? No, it's all it's all it? painted. Okay. So that's so, so that's what I mean. So that's like a that's like a Photoshop paint, but then with like combined with yeah, your animation. It's fucking cool because then you get like that cool. It looks a bit like Archer. You get that cool yeah. kind of yeah combination. Yeah, because I was painting the raspberries and I was like, "Fucking hell, these look really good." Yeah. <laughs> and then like onto the, on, onto the duck, I was like, "This is really nice texture and stuff." Yeah, because like, like I, I genuinely thought that the raspberries and the duck were yeah. like a photo that you just outlined and then you'd gone over the top with, um, like the bits on top. No, it's all it's 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 basically with the with the tablet that Brett got me. So like. Yeah. pressure and on the paintbrush and like different textures and stuff and you can bit you just build up in layers and you get some really yeah. nice like food i think when you see like um as i was doing that i was like thinking about like all the great uh like food scenes in anime yeah mm-hmm. and it's just like always oh, just like super tasty like noodles <laughs> and eggs and like little dumplings and stuff like ah. yeah um so yeah was, that, was, that, was, that was a fun one i think that was my favorite one so far yeah. this i have uh, no idea one. what film it's from though it's the opening fucking credits to the film. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and there's a, there's always a little clue in the copy in the text. So if anyone yeah. wants a clue, they can read the text. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make it a bit more challenging. Um, hopefully for, so people pay a bit more attention. Mm-hmm. And there will be no fucking Richard Curtis films. <laughs> These are all interesting and compelling Christmas films. Mm-hmm. That's... That's not a Christmas film, is it? Of course it is. Really? Yeah, I suppose there's snow. Um, no, it's, it's at Christmas, they're at a Christmas party. It's basically Die Hard. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong film then. Uh, not. But this is this is my point. So many great films are actually set at Christmas and nobody yeah. kind of remembers. Yeah, okay. uh, to be fair, I've, I've not actually seen the film, so I, you know. Yeah. The the with that comment. I am reminded by the very constant uh, yearly Nightmare Before Christmas watching that people do on Halloween. And you're like, it's not a Halloween movie. It's about Christmas. I hate when people watch Nightmare Before Christmas on Halloween. It doesn't make any sense. A fucking Halloween movie. Every year. It's a skeleton, Brett. It's pumpkins and it's Tim Burton. But it's in Halloween town. Uh, admittedly, it took me longer to figure out number three. I think three, three. three is the, the, the trickiest one so far. Yeah, because I had never seen said movie. Have you now? Uh, no. It's I have really it on my to-watch list. It's, it's because definitely I am a the fan best of, of, of recent years. Okay, I am a fan of, uh, without giving too much away, the main character's voice actor. Yes. And I like a lot of the offshoot stuff he does, so I will look into it. It's on my to watch list. It's really good. It's not like wholesome at all. It's really like 
mischievous and depressing and dark and perfect. Yeah, it's not like a, it's not like Arthur Christmas. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I really yeah. hope you do. Now I don't want to project outwards, but I really well, it's hope still you like some kind of like left. horrid, horrid, uncanny valley reference to uh, the Polar Express. <laughs> movie Just do an actual photograph, but then with dead eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's Tom Hanks, but with black <laughs> abyss eyes. So that's me. That's what I've been up to. Christmas and movies. Nice. Cool. Uh, Brett, what about you? Well, it's been uh, actually a busy week since last we chatted. Um, Mr. Mike Montgomery is uh, his cup runneth over with work to do. And mm. if anybody's been kind of following along, either of us. Uh, he has an old shed-ish thing on his property, and it was uh, pretty worse for wear on the exterior. But the inside was great. Like, all the guts were good, right? Everything that we're always looking for with new structures. So all the 4x4s and 2x4s were in great shape, and he made the decision to um, just kind of renovate and reuse the exterior with a lot of screws and a lot of uh, liquid nails and <laughs> adhesives and things to get it all back together. And so we've been jumping back and forth working on that. And then he actually uh, got me involved in a sponsor gig as his production slash, um, I don't want to say partner, but I'm helping out with the project. Uh, because he decided he wanted to forge something for this Stillhouse Liquor Company. Nice. Um, and he's doing a little uh, survival kit that slides inside the canister. And he's keeping it all a secret, but it doesn't matter if we talk about it here, because yeah. I don't think it's going to ruin anything. <laughs> um, so we did a prototype. I did a really quick stock removal on this little you know, kind of utility knife, Kiridashi-looking thing just a triangle with a blade on it. And he was like, yeah, let's, let's forge those. And I was like, great. How many do we have to make five? <laughs> great. What are we using? I don't know. So it's been kind of problem solving. I got some spring leaf spring steel because he liked the idea of reusing material. And yeah, I, we started working on it last night, but it turns out we're, uh, um, Mike had a good idea for me to film something as well. So between the two of us filming and taking photos for his branding stuff, uh, our plan to finish all five to the point of quenching them, um, we got one and a half done last night. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to go back to work. Yeah. Um, Steve, I had the long talk with him while we were reusing the spring steel, and I annealed it. We did a full like annealing cycle and stuff like that. And guess who broke their first attempt at a knife? <laughs> I did. Mike's well, fine. <laughs> um, it kind of sucked. I, I did like an hour to try and get this thing kind of shaped out so I could show Mike what he needed to do. Because he's also never forged before. Yeah. So last night we went from never swung a hammer to he's trying to produce a knife-esque shape. Yeah. Um, Given he's he's got a lot of experience just making and he's got a good visual sense of things, so he he did well for the first night. But man, that was a lot of work yesterday. So over the last week, it's just been some long fun days of just getting stuff done. 
hanging out with somebody with tons of enthusiasm. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think that 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 technique though is something that would suit Mike really well. Like you see a lot of the kind of stuff he, him and Ben do that is very much, you know, a bit of MIG welding, lots of plywood screws and glues. But yeah. you know, if if Mike could forge things for the bus that were like solid fucking steel. Yeah. yeah, and structural and stuff. It's like opening a whole new world to him. Yeah, I mean, I showed him how quickly I I just took a bit of round bar, I tapered it in one heat, and then did a little shepherd's crook curl thing on the end of it. And he goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> that was like three minutes, start to finish. And I was like, "Yeah, it's very cool." And he was very excited and enthusiastic. So we've got a little bit more work to do. Uh, over the next couple of days to finish that project. I, I think it's actually going to turn out really cool. And I've <laughs> been using Mike's new Sony camera that I talked to you guys about last night. Nice. Getting a little bit more uh, accustomed to the new user interface and stuff. Boy, 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 boy. That <laughs> camera is so nice. It's yeah. just been a treat to work with. Um, other than that, just trying to make progress all over the place. Um, I should have the second Ammonite sculpture Ooh. display thing done in the next couple of days as well. Just if I can get done with this stuff from Mike, I'm actually well excited for this one. It is similar to the first one, but since everything got scaled up and it's just heavier, um, I'll hopefully post some pictures soon, but I'm, I'm well proud of how it looks thus far. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It sounds good. Um, yeah. If you want to make uh, Mike feel super bad, then you can tell him that at a festival we had, um, I think it was, in fact, I think it was one that you were at, uh, Al, the, um, uh, the Good Life last year. We tried for the first time doing, because um, uh, normally the have a go sessions are just make a nail, 20 minutes, and mm-hmm. that's it. And uh, we did um, four people, like with four different people, we did. Uh, have a go sessions with uh, blacksmith knife and we got people that had never forged before in two hours to make something that looked vaguely like a blacksmith knife oh man Um, and to be fair one of the women was uh she was not physically able to to do very much of the actual forging Mm -hmm. just because of um of how she was but she fucking loved it she had the best time ever um nice. and at the end of it they they i think all of them walked away with something that looked kind of like a knife um obviously we didn't yeah. do any of the heat treating or grinding or anything but yeah it was uh it's good fun um, yeah i think it was probably by the time we started actually forging i'd say it was probably about three or four hours and it's effectively two triangles uh yeah with a finger divot separating the two of them so it really <laughs> isn't like that complicated <laughs> yeah. yeah and um you know we we got to do the rest of them uh yeah today and i'm i'm glad he's doing as well as he did i i was genuinely yeah. like man i really just i want him to achieve something it's, it's what we've talked about before steve yeah. uh with you and your classes you want them to achieve something but you also don't don't want them to just like rush. You want to make sure you're teaching yeah. them enough, letting them and, understand things. And the trouble is with, with quite a, a simple design like that, it's, it's weirdly enough, it can be a lot more difficult because you have to, you have to make sure that you get everything right. Otherwise um, it's, yeah, it's like really obvious if you fuck one thing up sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I will say, you, uh, 
using the flatter last night for the first time, like really properly using the flatter. Uh, yeah. I think that might have been the most exciting point of the night for Mike because it was like, <laughs> oh, it's still got these bumps in it and everything like that. And I was like, cool, yeah. use this flatter. And I held it for him and just let him hit the hammer really hard. Yeah. And you go, oh my God, it's so flat. <laughs> awesome. Flat. So were you guys doing that in uh, in the gas or in the coal? Uh, he was on gas and I was ah, cool. doing coal just so nice. I could move a little quicker. Yeah. That sounds good. Fucking reuse spring steel. Ugh, stuff's garbage. <laughs> it's great stuff. That's what I did the uh, badger claw out of. That was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, cool. Sounds like a a, a busy week. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna continue forward. But I'm I'm yeah. having a good time. I'm just a little sore today. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, I I have uh, had. A, a long busy week um lots of work not a lot of sleep um lots of uh we but al being al um sold um more or had more pans on the website than we actually had <laughs> um so we had to quickly get a load more made but we've we also wanted to make sure that um everything's out there so that we can uh basically we don't want to leave putting stuff up until a week before Christmas when people are going to stop buying stuff. So we'd rather have it all up now. So we made a concerted effort to get all of the pans um, put together, assembled, um, and done. Uh, got to finish that Friday afternoon. Um, so that is it. There is no more pan making for me for the rest of the year unless we get another delivery of pan bases, in which case they there will be, and that will suck. Um, but... Yeah, uh, and we've got a load of copper that needs doing. And basically, it's it's just kind of like the last final push um, before Christmas now, because I think probably the end of next week, we're going to see our um, sales start dying down a little bit because uh, we we can't guarantee delivery before Christmas after that point. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, next week's going to be busy as fuck as well. This week's been mad. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's not really been anything exciting other than so I've been working on the uh, the video still. That's now down to a semi sensible time, but I keep procrastinating on it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it for my week. Um, I was just thinking then, Steve. Actually, just something just sparked in my head. Yeah, off topic as usual. Um, <laughs> but just thinking about the current situation with postal services. Yeah, and seeing kind of some of the stories popping up in the treasure trade, people kind yeah. of hunting for their gifts and being worried about where things are and things not coming on time, um, and obviously something like a gift, like a handmade blacksmith ladle, pan, knife, axe, whatever from from you yeah. guys, is obviously a a wonderful gift and something that you'd want to get before Christmas. <laughs> to give. Yeah, um, but I'm just wondering if there's like an alternative or workaround where you could almost give like a you know like sometimes you get someone something and you give them the voucher yeah, so like yeah it yeah. might be like i've gotten you a a day driving a bugatti but yeah. here's just a bit of card with a picture of a bugatti on it's not yeah. the real thing but one day you'll get to do it and yeah. um, could there be potentially like an alternative like you record a message saying like here's the thing i've made it for you this is yours this is me labeling it packaging it up yeah you're gonna get it eventually it might not be in time for christmas but just like a little like 10 second thing like that might be a really nice way to say we can still sell things but not guarantee them. Yeah. I mean, because even the stuff that's been sold now 
chances are it might not get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we yes, um, but to be honest, it, at the moment we we literally we've run out of pans. We can't make any more um, because we don't have the bases. Um, but with stuff, like, I mean, we we've got the gift cards and stuff like mm. that. But if someone wanted to buy a specific thing, um, then but it's, it's just yeah. that, it's just that nice like personal yeah. touch that means that somebody has put the energy and the effort in. It is yeah. specially for you, yeah. And it does exist. The fact that you've not got it by a certain day in the calendar is irrelevant. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's just maybe a nice. It was just a thought. It obviously yeah. doesn't just relate to you. It could be for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I like the idea, and I think if it was if it was a case of you know we were putting out say four packages a day yeah. um then that might be feasible but at the moment we're putting out a, a a lot more and we're barely able to keep up with like production and shipping as it is but and if you added in a a little video message i think that would be a bit too much um, it was just like seeing like the you know yeah i'll go into the, to the effort of like signing the books and stuff it was just like yeah. nice that that thing that you don't get from mass produced yeah yeah exactly and i think yes there's certainly potential for it um the way that the that we're going at the moment, I, I I can't see a way for us to work it, but I like the idea. Like it's definitely something that maybe we could think about doing for like next year or something. Because we obviously with the the blacksmithing courses and stuff, um, we're not selling any at the moment. Um, but normally this time of year is when we sell the vast majority. And what we actually had started doing is making little um uh like wooden uh, they were just laser engraved um, key fobs um, that had like the the class, the date, and the forge logo on it. Oh, nice! And just little things like that, so it wasn't just like a save the date kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so it was just a bit more than just a bit of paper printed off that said, "Oh, you're on this course," sort of thing. Yeah, no, um, it's just it's just like I know a lot of people listening as well probably have a do a lot of trade over the the holiday season. Yeah. And it just it always seems like a, a huge shame to me that people have to just have this like cut off date where yeah. they can't sell things anymore because they can't guarantee the Christmas thing. Like yeah. I saw like someone was like, Oh, last today's the last day for merch. And it's like yeah. first week in December and they can't sell any more Christmas stuff. It just seems like a real shame. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I completely get that. And I think I think a lot of people understand that there is obviously problems with shipping and stuff like that. But that triggered something in my head and thinking actually for the treasure trade that'd be a fucking brilliant idea so that before like next year before you send out your treasure trade you just do a quick video mm -hmm. and like showing what it is showing who you are and like doing a little presentation to whoever it is that you're sending it to so that if you do send it to them and you send it late or it doesn't arrive before christmas or whatever you can at least send your tradee i think people would love that because people yeah can't wait to show it anyway so it's like, yeah. like the maker wants to wants to put it out there as well so yeah definitely um so yeah maybe maybe we should do that for next year like write that into the rules and say <laughs> just do a little video in case in case like you say it gets stuck or unless you're like john d harvey and you just wait until december the 24th before you finish it and send it <laughs> off fucking <laughs> john but uh, but yeah um and i suppose the only other thing i've really done is uh Myself and the wonderful Mr. Redsmith hmm. um, have just um, just before we recorded this, we were on a, another hangout, um, just doing like a an AMA for our um, respective patrons, um, but doing it together. So we we're both answering both lots of questions, Is that like Muay Thai and a little bit of kickboxing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah i mean i i go for more kind of like from a greco-romanian wrestling sort of yeah um but <laughs> such a prick <laughs> um but yeah it, it was good fun like just um just getting to shoot the shit but also i wanted like the reason i suggested it to to red is because although we have quite a lot of crossover in terms of our our tribes and our collectives um it, i i figure it would be quite a nice way for um like doing this joint joint patreon video for us to be able to um do a little bit more of that so you know th there might maybe a few people following uh him that don't necessarily know who i am because i'm just this guy that he refers to whenever he does a patreon ramble and says oh yeah steve reminded me i need to do this um mm -hmm. so yeah it, it's quite a good way to to get that uh interaction going on i think pretty much everyone that follows me already knows who red is but um but yeah so it was just kind of a nice way of kind of expanding the tribe as it were um and and working together and that kind of collective attitude of um uh, of wanting to to work together and produce something that perhaps is a little bit more than what we'd be able to produce on our own mm -hmm. this is where one of you kind of picks up the conversation mm -hmm. a little bit and so, goes a bit. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. that was very well said steve the words that you used yeah thanks but, i mean <laughs> you fucking suggested the topic i was just putting it out there no so, yeah, we were... gone I, I was just gonna say so yeah we were just talking about uh or we were going to talk about a little bit about collectives and and our different tribes and and how they all work no um, it, it got me it got me to thinking i was like when i saw <laughs> that pop up like Stephen red i was like yeah that sounds normal but also like oh that's weird and like i've not seen that before so I think yeah. it's kind of the, you just kind of take things for granted. Like, you know, I assume that Brett's out there in the desert. So therefore everything he did will be in close proximity or slightly related to Mike, Ben and Jess. But then all of a yeah. sudden when we actually see you together, it's like, oh yeah, no, that is cool. And it's like these kind of two worlds colliding. Yeah. Um, and similar to you, Steve, that there's going to be this crossover of audiences, but then, yeah. you know, Mike's obviously got a very different audience to you, Brett um, and vice versa. So, you know, hopefully there will be a, um, a bit of introduction to, to new people, hopefully, um, mm -hmm. both ways as well. So, so, Brett, maybe you might meet new people from, yeah. from, those, from those interactions and relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the skill set as well, like I, I obviously love, see, love seeing people learn new stuff. Um, but then just seeing like Mike doing some smithing, yeah it's like it's yeah we've been in those environments with classes but seeing him kind of then it's like when seeing when Jim, uh, jimmy started for the first time and you just saw his little mind going and little cogs yeah. spinning, and his eyes light up and he started to kind of th think of the potential and then hopefully take it his own way as well so hopefully if mike gets into it he can start doing like stuff we'd never consider as a yeah. more traditional kind of approach absolutely. to it absolutely yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting one, especially um, on social media. The fact that we do have these um, there's there's, there's uh, crossover, and there's people that drift between different tribes and that. But you know, my um, my Instagram following, for example, is completely different to say yours, Al. Mm -hmm. Like, there's there are people that follow both, but um, but some of the people that I've got that are following me have no idea that i'm even on a podcast or anything like that um and like 
me and I were talking about um, something the other day about the the axes or the axe that I made, um, and the fact that I've had quite a few people um, like offer serious inquiries and in, into buying their own or buying one off me, sort sort of thing. And um, and we had this conversation about the fact that you know if I was going to be using the the workshop, how that would work because I didn't feel comfortable just using it for free uh, to make something that I'm going to sell that is loosely based off of a design that Al never actually made. Um, but we, so we had a conversation and we sorted it all out and he did, he kind of said that he, he, he liked the fact that I uh, went and spoke to him about it. Um, but he did have concerns about me, um, making sales off of his reputation. Yeah. Um, which I 100% like get, and I agree with, but I did also have to point out that the vast majority of the people that were contacting me about it are people that only know him because they followed me or yeah. they've, they've come to me from Facebook or from one of like, the, there's a couple of guys that are into Land Rovers that contact me about it, that they know nothing about <laughs> blacksmithing or, or Alex or anything like that. Um, and, uh, and it's this kind of weird thing that although we, we share tribes, um there's there's this whole venn diagram and it's just the fact that 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 crossover section with me and alex is quite large but there's still plenty of people on the outside of it um and yeah i i think that's why i quite like the the whole kind of collaboration thing with different makers and different um different craftspeople and trades and stuff because it means that we get to expand our audience beyond people that want to do like i mean like the the cookbook is a perfect example like yeah. the amount of people that um that would love our cookware but they're not following it or finding us because they're not searching for you know hand forged stuff they but they they follow all the chefs that are in the the book so all of a sudden they're all exposed to it so we then get a huge um growth from that i think i think the the, the venn diagram point is a really interesting one because i like the bits outside the Venn diagram. Another yeah. whole part of the Venn diagram is like, it's where the two worlds meet. But <laughs> that's like easy and comfortable. Um, something that springs to mind is one of my clients is like a, um, a vegan chef, cook, whatever, yeah. um, in the States. Um, and I am very much not vegan. Uh, and at every opportunity, whenever we have meetings and stuff, I always try and just deliberately rile him up by like either eating meat in the meetings or like wearing my bacon t-shirt or just something to kind of push his buttons. Um, yeah. But when, when I look at his kind of social media following and, and the way that he's become successful, it's very much just an echo chamber of other people who share the exact same values as him and the exact same opinions and the exact same interests. So all the comments on his like YouTube channel are like everything that he's saying yeah it's all just people are all already vegan so there's no outreach there's no crossing of worlds you know he's not having he's not having conversations with people who might be interested in different diets or yeah it's all just one dimensional was... so he almost needs like to get outside of that venn diagram yeah whatever those worlds are crossing sport and diet and you know it's all yeah all these same people are meeting yeah there was a um uh i think it was at the black deer festival last year um there was a a chef there who wasn't vegetarian or vegan herself um 
but she had written a book on vegetarian and vegan cooking um and specifically fire cooking um and it was fantastic because it, it opened up this whole world of conversations and it meant that she was able to bring in influences from people that perhaps wouldn't have been exposed to um either live fire cooking or um like vegan recipes and and it, it was a really nice way of this conversation going and it what i loved about it was her kind of because she had a lot of people saying well you know barbecuing's all about meat why have you written this thing and she was like because there's a thousand books on how to cook a bit of brisket there are almost no books on yeah. how to do all the sides that go with that or even create a main that that doesn't involve any meat like she was like why the fuck wouldn't you because you know i if i'm having a barbecue I don't want just a steak on the thing. I want all the accoutrements. I want all the stuff that goes with it. I, my favorite thing about a barbecue is like, um, uh, like really nicely done sweet corn and sweet potato. Like, yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's, that's a really good example. But then, you know, if you then cross over with the musicians and they can bring something else to that barbecue, you know, and the the artists and, and everything else. So, like, my alternative to the Venn diagram is, like, a circle with just lots of circles orbiting it instead. Yeah. And it's like you bring those people in. So you've got yeah. you've got kind of like a, a solar system of, of, of different people all kind of bringing in something different. Um, the challenge I have is, the, is trying to get those two worlds to meet and have things yeah. in common because I might yeah. be the common thread. And yeah. I, I find this a lot on, like, particularly like my Instagram and it's kind of why I have two, like I have mine and I have the hack shack one. It's cause like all the stupid shit and food stuff I can put on mine. Yeah. Cause it's my friends follow me on that and they'll get it. And mm-hmm. then on the hack shack one, it's like, it's assuming it's people that understand what I do Yeah, from the making side of things. And some things just are not relevant on there or people yeah. be like, what the fuck is this? Um, and vice versa. Yeah. I mean, to an extent that's what I want anyways. I want, to confuse and bewilder people. But, <laughs> um, there is, there is almost two worlds there. Yeah. Um, and I'm the common thread, but there'll be some people that follow my personal account. who's like no fucking idea what YouTube is or what. Yeah. Yeah. Blacksmithing or woodworking is or, or, or anything like that. Yeah. They're just like, Oh yeah, you, 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 you make those nice food videos. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but then at the same time, I've got Jesse saying like, we need more food videos in the hack shack. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's a really good example because I I uh, I did a post um, the other day on my uh, personal Instagram, which I I haven't used a huge amount just because, uh, not not in the last few years anyway. Um, but I've got a whole bunch of people that follow me on that. That you know they're they're people from back when I was training a lot. They're like random gym goers that live the other side of the fucking planet. That <laughs> I've like the only interaction we've ever had has been like posting fucking gym stuff on, on Instagram or whatever, or there's, you know, friends that, um, that I've known for years, but I'm not necessarily in contact with anymore or whatever, other than on Instagram and did this post and was like, Oh yeah, by the way, this is that thing. This is a thing that I've made. And I do most of my shit over on this, um, like the Moonshine Metalworks account now and had a, like a, spate of like a load of people that were just like oh fuck i didn't even know you did that and even though it's in my bio because there was no uh it wasn't in their face sort of thing um yeah and had a load of people go and follow the uh the moonshine stuff and from that i've had some um 
some friends that have got in touch being like, dude, I didn't know you did this. This is fucking awesome. Like, oh, could you could you do this and could you do that? And obviously mm. a shitload of people asking me to make swords and stuff. Um, but yeah, like trying to find that way to pull in those a, a perfect example, Ben, my um my housemate, he's um he's a PT. Uh he did a post um yeah. Uh he did a uh Good post for me. <laughs> um he did a post the other day because we we were doing um like uh some mace workouts where you swing the thing around your head and um he did that but then because he in the states brett like uh, <laughs> uh because he was um playing with that uh he was like oh fuck it i'm gonna try it like do you mind if i try it with the axe i was like no go for it so he then does a post where he's doing it with my axe then does a post about the or a instagram story about the uh, the axe. I was like, oh, this is my housemate. So I've just had a, a another surge of um, like gym goers and that that have started following me because he's tagged me in a post, and um, and we're talking about maybe. Well, I've, I've I just got him some solid steel balls um, that uh, that he's going to use for juggling. Um, so he's got like a half kilo, kilo, and a one and a half kilo set um, mm-hmm. to increase grip strength and biceps and, and all of that. Um, but we're talking about like the fact that actually I could forge out a mace and I could forge out this and we could build this other thing together and like coming up with all these ideas where we can basically bring those people in from completely different um, tribes together and, and, and have that nice crossover. Mm-hmm. Oh man. The use of the word tribe is making me think of the Baba verse stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Archimedes. <laughs> um, I think this is really interesting, though, uh, because it's a conversation we've had out here a few times of the the crossover of the audiences or the followers. You know, when when everyone's been sat around the fire uh, chatting, how you know, bringing the aspects of of being a blacksmith or or the work that I do, metal fabrication wise, in the forge. Yeah. And then having someone like Ben learn a little bit enough to spark ideas and then allow his, uh, it's not really about the audience, you know, finding me. It's more about him exposing his audience to uh, metalwork or fabrication and kind of disarming uh, or, or demystifying this idea that you can heat up metal and move it and do things that you otherwise wouldn't think of because it just seems so yeah. far off. You know, we've had multiple conversations about how welding still somehow is, is too far off from this DIY community, right? Where everything has scaled where everything has evolved from what DIY used to be. And nowadays buying a welder and being able to hot glue some steel together is for the most part, it's very easy. It's it's hmm. very easy to just bodge something together that will be used. So this idea of bringing like uh, the the tribe that's been formed out here that I feel like I'm now a part of. Um, you have this DIY plywood uh, video production. You know they do they do so many things that I also do. But because our skill set is slightly different or is slightly uh, like the focus is different. Yeah. We're all starting to play off of each other in terms of 
you you'll see you'll see the influence kind of eke over one way or the other, right? Like Ben started doing a lot of geometric stuff recently and a lot more hexagonal and, and octagonal work. And then suddenly it's like everybody kind of did something like that. Or we all started to go, ooh, but I like these angles now too. Or uh, now we can all make pavers and, and put hexagon pavers around our place. Like he's got the molds. And it's like maybe all of our houses just need a bunch of these concrete pavers. <laughs> I, I like that it's able to, uh, that we're able to share the ideas, but clearly what we do as a profession with being, you know, content creators or, or people that post on the regular, uh, it's really nice. And I'm anxious to see what comes out of me and Mike hanging out together because he's producing a video. There'll be a big social media package that he'll be putting together for this uh, brand. And he honestly, he can't really shoot a lot of detailed stuff. So even what he's been posting recently, I gain a few more people that come over and go, Oh my God, like Mike knows a, a you know, Smith now, like I can't wait to see what he does. Also yeah. now I've started following you. You seem like a decent person. I'm like, well, I'm not, but thanks for coming <laughs> over. Yeah. Go on. I mean, I think, I think what you said about the, um, uh, using the, the welder as, as an example is, is interesting because there's there is this um it, we've obviously talked about all the, the good things about crossovers of tribes and, and and all of that and we constantly go on about what a brilliant community this is but there is a um a potential negative as well which is that um people can sometimes be sat on the outside looking in not feeling able to uh, or not, not feeling able to join in there's mm-hmm. this, this barrier to entry like for example, like, um, you know, having a welder or having a, an anvil or having a table saw or whatever. Um, and I think that there's, there is a real danger. Um, I've seen it in a few, um, in a few communities where there is this, um, almost like this clickiness where it's like, Oh no, you, you can't sit with us. Well, why the fuck not? Um, and I think, (laughs) Like being a member of a tribe is a, is a great thing and has such good potential as long as you remember that at one time or another you weren't a member of that tribe um, and that you allow that tribe to, to to grow and you encourage new people to come in and you encourage those new ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, blacksmithing is a brilliant example of people that aren't willing to um, to allow new people in, to allow new ideas. There are so many traditionalists that will say... Um, oh no you're you're not this or you're not a, a real blacksmith because you you haven't done this or because you used a welder there or because whatever um and very kind of stuck in their ways and stuck in um this idea that you have to match this very rigid criteria um to to be able to be part of it when, one of the questions that we had in the the patreon thing was you know at what point do you call yourself um <clears throat> excuse me at what point do you are you able to call yourself a blacksmith or at what point are you able to call yourself a woodworker or whatever mm-hmm. and um and the kind of comment that i said was from my point of view um i think you can call yourself a um a, a, a blacksmith at the point where either it's your um you get a substantial amount of your income from doing it or you're able to teach others that aren't completely inexperienced so you know 
someone that's been on a forge for five minutes can teach someone else how to not burn steel, mm -hmm. but how you're able to teach, or at the point you're able to um, to expand on on a beginner's knowledge sort of thing. Um, at that point, I would say yes, you're you're a blacksmith, but but like before that, you know, you're you're an amateur blacksmith or you're a hobbyist blacksmith or whatever. And there's this weird, fucking annoying um, thing where people think, oh, well, if you're a hobbyist or if you're an amateur, then you're 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 lesser, you're no good. I I shouldn't talk to you, I shouldn't respect you, I shouldn't whatever. And that's such bullshit because at some point everyone was a fucking amateur, everyone was a fucking hobbyist. Like it's you you don't fucking walk out of your house one day walk into a workshop and suddenly you're a master whatever um you know, the everyone has to take time to learn these things some people learn quicker some people learn slower you know some people go off down one path and they become really fucking good at that one thing but then maybe they can't do something else like they can be a fucking amazing bladesmith but they can't make a nail for shit or whatever like there's there's this clickiness to it and it's it's something that i think in recent years a lot of people have tried to discourage from from blacksmithing and i know the same thing happens with um with woodworking and with making in general and with fucking mm -hmm. every kind of tribe there is um this elitist snobbery which is just fucking bullshit um but it's so like it's oh god yeah yeah you 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 bring up the gym kind of conversations quite a bit but yeah. it's the same there you know yeah yeah people are obsessed with, with that with that world there's elitism there and you can't just jump in and go on you know people laughing at you on a machine because you don't, you're not using it properly it's like yeah that's not helping anyone um no, exactly you can't go you know i've got to be a professional registered tradesman just to go and buy a fucking rubber o-ring from a, a builder's <laughs> merchant you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, I just yeah. want to fix my tap. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to, like, you know, ten years of expert plastering under my belt just to be able to walk mm -hmm. in the fucking building. Yeah. Um, so it's not just it's not just the maker community. No, no, not at all. There's barriers, but I, I think back to kind of the original kind of thought start for this. I think um, a, a collaborative piece with someone. Yeah. from a different world is because it's easy to kind of do do collabs with with someone who maybe you work in metal they work in wood and it's like ooh, yeah. collab it's like learn different techniques it's yeah. like no what about like collaborating with someone completely different like completely out of that world doesn't follow you on instagram you know you click on their profile and there's no um friends in common yeah yeah and suddenly you're like oh this world is interesting like i i'm getting into a lot of kind of as I mentioned, like the animation side of things um, yeah. and the kind of motion graphics and then looking into kind of some of the more amateur filmmaking side mm -hmm. of things. And it, I mean, yeah, Brett, you were talking about like um, Ben and, and, and Mike and their kind of production value and that, you know, they, they, they spend a lot of money and have a lot of technique and understanding of really decent production mm -hmm. um, as do you, because you used to work in that industry. But when you step out of the maker world, there's people that, do that for a living and i find that really interesting and i'm, I'm get, started getting yeah. into kind of amateur movie makers like actual mm -hmm. movies not maker movies but like actual yeah. film production yeah. and it's a whole world that's like nothing to do with us and would never have heard of any of us or follow anyone even the big names in our community um to be, it'd be completely irrelevant to them but yeah if i could 
dip my toe in that and start making those relationships and get people involved. And it's like bring a whole new like story to the to the table and a whole new set of skills. And but then again, as Brett said earlier, like those connections as well. So then he's then then you could meet the musician and the the foley guy and the, the mm. sound designer and the set designer and all of a sudden there's this whole new world open up just because I've got one thing in common which is making shitty movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but one of my favorite things about having a, a background in the production world is I've still maintained a couple of uh, closer friends or, mm. or work uh, associates and. Um, you know, seeing what those guys are doing, uh, the Red Giant company who makes a lot of post-production software and they have done tutorials plenty in the past. Uh, they're really keyed into the After Effects maker world, you know, animators and, and 3D artists. And I get to keep up with them and talk to Aaron mm -hmm. every now and then. You know, we don't chat every day, but he'll post some video that he put together. So it's just him typically filming at his house with his kid or kids. And then he puts a ton of professional visual effects over the top of it and makes a, you know, five minute short film. That's brilliant. And he does it just with his computer and like a, you know, probably very affordable camera. Um, and I love being able to see that and then just go, Oh man, I, I wish some of the maker world people realized that you could do this kind of production value with, not a bunch of expensive things, but <laughs> those two worlds don't often collide because there's it's so audience facing that it's like who are you doing the work for? Yeah. yeah. And if if you know guys like Ben and Mike who have this um long running and also successful approach to things, uh we've had fun little creative conversations about you know the production value of the Mandalorian or the boys and I just watched um, Corridor Digital's most recent video where they have the visual effects director of the boys on there. And they're just talking about the practical effects versus the visual effects. And like, how do you get those guys to all work in the same world on like one project? So do, <laughs> do, you know, the Container House series but then film a Mad Max dystopian thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's it. when the interesting oh, shit would happen. Man. You know, imagine if Mike just like one, one video just did like a beautiful, like stop motion animation. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, of like, and you'd just be like, this is, but using his personality and his knowledge and his storytelling, but completely out of his comfort zone. Yeah. So that's do you when think that's really interesting? But do you think that's an aspect of the tribe that you see is important? You know, I know Steve was going down the um, the thought process of what it feels like to be either on the outside or a new person in the tribe or accepting new people. But when it comes to these creative ideas, these creative processes, is that something that you think people should do? I don't. I don't. Do I don't you see like it as push the rest of your people. I don't see it as a tribal thing at all. I see it as like maybe interaction between two 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 people mm. so it can just be one person so i'm i'm me and i reach out to another person their tribe is irrelevant my tribe is irrelevant we're just two randomers mm. and i think that's a really interesting um approach and angle yeah. because it's, it's similar to what i when i talk to sort of potential employees at work and people looking for jobs mm. i'm just like i'm not interested where you've been where you worked don't want to yeah. see your CV. I don't care about your backstory. I want to know about you. Yeah. 
what makes you tick and do I want to do I want to spend time with you and do I, what am I going to learn from you yeah mm. I think with with regards to what you were saying though about um like Mike doing a, a stop motion video or something like that with especially with content creation and with people within the the community because you're you have this like this central main tribe that all follow you for what you do mm. there is this um this danger of getting stuck in this echo chamber where you're just getting the same thing like oh you should do that video again you should make another video exactly the same as your last video because i really enjoyed it and when are you doing more of this one and whatever (laughs) um rather than people actively encouraging you going i know you've never done it before but i would really like to see you do a video about kayaking down a river in the welsh mountains or something (laughs) like there's um it's very easy to just kind of keep repeating the same things. And I think like as much as having the, the tribe is a good thing, I think um, having the, uh, or being able to break out of that tribe occasionally. And like you say, meet that other person. And it doesn't have to be a case of meeting that whole other tribe. It can just be meeting that single individual that's outside of the tribe is a really, really good thing. Cause it, it can really inspire creativity. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Brett, you just touched on it before about audience as well. Like there's the danger Steve, like you say, that you're in that tribe, this is what you do. The audience is driving that as well. But then also if you're doing it for a living and it's kind of the algorithm and the YouTube yeah. is, is is why you're doing it, you're not there's going to be a massive risk for you to then go, I'm not going to do that. You know, I, I always remember Jimmy telling that, oh, if I'm short of cash, I'll just put a knife video out. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he knows that's get people watching it, that's what's going to make him money. So there's yeah. a danger as well if, if this is your profession that you've got you know, an obligation to, to keep churning that shit out because yeah. that's what, you know, metaphorical shit, but that, that's, that's what your meal ticket is. Yeah. So, so it's, it's high risk then go, you know what, I'm just going to get someone completely out of my world, completely out of my comfort zone and do something totally different. Yeah. Unless you're yeah. known for occasionally doing shit like that, yeah. which I mean, yeah. I think, I think you guys are both in a position where your audiences would, fully support and to a certain extent expect you to suddenly throw some weird random shit well this is this is the weird thing like since i know it's only been five days but since starting this thing on instagram i've I've obviously never done anything like this before like a a campaign every day but i've got loads of followers just from yeah you know and i'm not tagging anything i'm fucking doing any of that bullshit but obviously Mm -hmm. people just going oh this is something different to what he normally yeah. bollocks. He normally posts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, well, yeah, we've that... seen. Uh, I was going to just dump in this little bit, which is, uh, you know, our our fantastic young lad Tyler Bell did his um, forged chair with Alex Steele and did that whole video mm-hmm. series, um, and he's seen a gigantic leap in his subscribership and his YouTube channel, which is only going to help push him, you know, forward in what he's been striving to achieve, which is this workshop and and being able to do whatever projects he feels like doing, you know, all of these just oddball kooky things. He can be the practical, make his own uh, vice, you know, foot, foot clamp vice. What is that called again? (laughs) Foot vice. Full advice, yeah. Oh my god. Sorry. So he makes something practical, but really well thought out, like a foot vice. Um, and then is now working on these, you know, ballistic shields and shooting mm. cranberry sauce at him. 
but I'm I'm trying to think of this like that isn't something that's necessarily changed recently. But because he did the he he kind of went to another tribe or he went to this other singular person, as Al says. So he went to a, a from a one to one, and now he's seen a few people pour in. And I'm anxious to see if that just continues to grow because it's a bunch of people clearly that came from Alex Steele's audience. Yeah, found Tyler. And then we know how that works, that you can go and like see somebody that's working with another person and go, yeah, 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 I get it. But like, I don't really care about them. Tyler has actually grabbed audience like he has subscribership now. He's going to keep moving forward and hopefully keep growing so that he can continue doing what we've all been watching him do. So it's almost like seeing one of your tribe members, which I would consider him part of our little fool's crew. You, you see him strive and you get to kind of go, yay, because he reached out. He didn't get complacent. He didn't stay in the echo chamber. Yeah. When when I think of echo chamber, as you put it, it's like you stay within your comfort zone enough to just keep hearing the people within your very close drive going, you're doing great. Everything yeah. you make is awesome. And you just get this kind of false sense of security because you're not challenging yourself. You don't really have to because you're pleasing the people within your tight knit group. And those are the people you care about. Well, but with only, content creation, you, you got to get outside of that. Yeah. Not only that. I mean, it, it's, it's, it is a, uh, a real danger, especially within a, um, a community like this, that um, it doesn't, to a certain extent, it doesn't matter what you put out people, your, your core tribe, as it were, are always going to say, oh, my God, that was great. That was the best thing ever, even if it was actually kind of subpar. And there is a real danger to that as well. Um, and that's why I think like it is a good thing to kind of get uh, get fresh perspectives on stuff, because otherwise you just get a load of people saying, oh, you're so good. You're so great. Everything you do is wonderful. And it's a really dangerous place to be because it means that you're not getting real constructive criticism back and and i think that's a, a really important part of um growth both as a content creator as a as a craftsman and and as a person you need that sometimes not always particularly pleasant feedback um and you know it it might not be spiffing Uh, Al, have you got an order? Yes, it's abs. Abs, which means you are going first. Oi. So cool. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I need a Just cue, don't I? Say it. I th that is the cue. You're you don't need editing now, so we can make the cut wherever we fucking want. Yeah, yeah, prick. I'm doing this one. All right, touche. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's so French for touch. <laughs> uh... I think it was French for butt. Oh, that's tushy. Um, yeah, go. Talk. Say um, things. Yes, I would like to spiff a fellow magnificently haired beast from across the pond. Um, I think they used to do a podcast back in the day. Um, Mr. Phil going? Pinsky. Okay. Um, hey. The beautiful man that is Mr. Phil Pinsky. Um, he has recently set up a home ice rink manufacturing company yes that was fucking uh, awesome which seems like an incredibly clever and simple but intelligent thing to do given where he lives given the yeah. 
proliferation of what I can assume is just turning water into ice overnight and <laughs> lots of people who like hockey and skating. So smart move. Um, and it just seems like a really clever thing. The, the Pinsky Rink Co. Um, I'm a bit disappointed you didn't call it Rinkski, but what can yeah. you do? I, I give his naming four out of ten. <laughs> give his business uh, model nine out of ten. Ciao. Um, Brett, you're next. Yes. So we're going to reach outside of the general maker community, outside of the tribe. Um, I got to meet this fantastic human uh, when I was in my motion graphics adventure. And uh, she works for Imaginary Forces, which I think I've referenced before. Um, They do a lot of uh, visual effects and mostly title sequences that you've seen or heard of before uh specifically things like mad men and stranger things and whatnot so the director over there i got to meet and hang out with for a couple of different events her name is karen bong k-a-r-i-n-f-o-n-g uh she's got things all over the internets in terms of um you know chats that she's had uh, that are on the tubes and lots of where she gets their inspiration, how she develops the ideas with the team. Um, as far as our tribe talk goes, her team that she leads and the imaginary forces, people who are very tight knit is they're just an insane group of very talented and very creative people. She happens to be the kind of the forerunner of them all. I don't know. She's super, super witty. And very sharp and has a great sense of humor, as quiet and successful as she is. Uh, Karen Fong and Imaginary Forces call it a double spiff. They're both amazing. Follow what they do, tons of stuff about their creative process out there. If it's something you're interested in, uh, adding to your videos, if, if you're a producer of content, um, get a little inspired by what Al's doing. And then jump even further into what you can turn that into motion graphics and animation wise. Nice. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm still going to hold on to the fact that as simple as Mad Men's intro is in terms of the uh, like kind of the paper cutout look, the yeah. degree, like the high degree of like the execution and the colors and everything. Oh my god. <laughs> they just do great work. Boardwalk Empire, they did that one too. I don't know. Karen's been all over everything. Nice. I, yeah, no, that was a good shout. I normally I would um I would be looking up what you were talking about whilst you're saying it, and I'd normally have a bit more to say about it. But I got distracted looking at uh, a news article from the Montreal Gazette about uh, Phil Pinsky setting up his ice rink business, <laughs> mostly because it says Dollard resident, which just made me think of Dollard. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that sounds awesome. I will look forward to you sending a link so I can have a look. Um, I am also going to go with someone from outside of the normal tribe. Um, although the illustration stuff, uh, recently, particularly Mr. Andy Pugh, who, if you're not following Andy, go check out his, um, uh, his illustrations that he's been doing recently. They're really cool. Um, but, 
back before my maker days, I uh, spent a lot of time in like the hot rod and custom car culture, um, the the culture uh, in the UK. Um, there are some amazing, uh, amazingly talented people that are involved within that. Um, but one of the people that I uh, have been following for a long time is a guy called Ryan Quickfall, um, otherwise known as Ryan Roadkill on uh, Instagram. And he's just a uh, an artist, illustrator, um, mostly motorbikes, but a few um, hot rods and things as well. Um, but that kind of very, almost like uh, Batfink sort of mm. stuff. Um, yeah, just some super cool old school looking um illustrations that i i very much enjoy um so yeah i just thought i'd uh i give him a bit of a shout out go check him out if you uh if you like that sort of thing um so yeah that's it um right have you guys got any other business yeah a couple of little ones um a special mention i think brett's already um spiffed her a while ago but um khaki bot on uh, instagram so k-a-k-i-b-o-t cat um she's just got a lovely um illustration style super simple really nice it's usually food related um but she's <laughs> she's from the czech republic based in edinburgh in scotland um sometimes she does like reviews she's got a youtube channel as well so like yeah. reviews like i am brew or uh, mm, a yep. recent video was reviewing places to go in scotland with animals <laughs> uh, during <laughs> lockdown which is just wonderful and charming so yes. yeah check her out nice uh, and do. also she if, is amazing. if time permits when this comes out after steve does the edit so around friday um <laughs> if we still have pangolins available for the auction that's being held in the fools of tools group um put your name down you could win a fantastic limited edition little pangolin ornament, handmade, beautiful. Nice. Um, but yes. yeah, there's some available for an auction. If you yes. can't afford full price, there's a chance to win with the auction, which is cool. Although I think by the time this comes out on Wednesday, depending on whether or not Al bothers to do the thumbnail by then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I think the uh, auction is, or the, the raffle, is uh is going to be done by then unfortunately nice but still go check it out and still go buy one if there's some available uh yeah right uh without further ado then um if you want to get a hold of us you can find us in all of the usual social media places you can find me at moonshine metalworks or alternatively the forge uk on youtube uh you can find brett at skull and spade 13 and you can find al at al's hack shack Al's Hack Shark. Yes. Uh, you, want find, you want to find us as a group? Um, uh, put Fools of Tools into Google. Um, uh, there's the website, there's the Instagram where Al's wonderful, beautiful, uh, creative thumbnails. I was coming up with a load of spellings because I couldn't remember the fucking word thumbnail. It's fine because they are, so you can use them for those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just stalling whilst I try to remember what a thumbnail is called. Um, yeah, uh, that's all on Instagram. Um, the Facebook group is a wonderful place full of wonderful people. Um, and yeah, that's it. We will see you next week. We love you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.